From KYW News Radio in Philadelphia, this is Scroll Down. I'm Tom Rickert. Today on the podcast. If you had to pitch this story in an elevator, how would you do it? This is a story about a woman who grew up in North Philly. Every day was just a struggle to survive. An individual who's completely beaten the odds of life has just had all of these obstacles thrown out at her. At my son at Einstein Hospital, after being in labor for 43 hours, handcuffed to the bed. Things that she didn't get to choose, but she took responsibility to overcome those things. To rise above and then to be an advocate for something that she really believes in. What made you want to make this? I've always really enjoyed learning about people, hearing their stories, spending time with them. There were a lot of parts of her story that I could relate to. I grew up in poverty. My mom deals with mental illness. Hers was a story that I've never even like fathomed could happen to anyone giving birth while shackled to the bed in jail, like in prison. I was also at the time working with the Philadelphia Reentry Project. It was something that was not just a hot topic at the moment, but something that I felt was important and that other people should know about. The chance to be able to sit down with somebody like that was something that I, ne- I felt like I kind of needed to do. Joining me in the studio right now, I have two very special guests. My name is Holly. Holly Stevens. I work at KYW as the digital content producer. And Antoinette Lee. I'm Antoinette. I'm the Morning Drive news production assistant. You two somehow found time to work together and make a documentary that I thought was incredible. Take me through it. Uh, Antoinette and I created a mini documentary called From Barriers to Building Blocks that profiles... Um, an individual named Mary Baxter about her life overcoming poverty, incarceration, and just becoming an advocate for some really important issues going on. The nuts and bolts of this documentary are pointing out some of the key obstacles that she had to deal with, which is homelessness. Um, She had a, a child at a young age. She had to deal with poverty and not really having anyone to support her. One of the the big things of this project is the music that she uses as an outlet and as a as a method of advocating for others. She uses her music to, to send messages to people that they can overcome no matter what they've been through. It, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, she was born in um, North Philadelphia. Growing up in North Philly, it was... Every day was just a struggle to survive. Um, I grew up in a very tumultuous household, um, a lot of family members, um, drinking, drugs, fights. Her mother is a schizophrenic, so she um, was kind of like in and out of different households with family members. You know, waking up out the middle of the night, you know, fights, cops, she's breaking the windows out. At one point, she is on the street. She becomes homeless and is on the street. At age 11, and... um, which ended with me crashing a stolen car uh, and being placed in the system, DHS. Gets into this accident, almost loses her life. Someone had already stolen the car. It was just there with like a screwdriver in it. Me and a friend, we hopped in and went on a joyride and ended with a crash that almost took my life. One of her cousins was murdered, all of this crazy stuff, but she still makes it to Penn State. I was excited, you know, I felt like things were finally turning around and 
I had a lot of opportunity and it was a chance to start fresh. But around the time of that, 9-11 happens. It was just crazy on campus. You have 40,000 kids on campus, maybe 2,000 are black. The racial tensions on campus with people of color, now the Muslims were like the target. You had um, the, the campus bus drivers that do the loop around campus, like riding past Muslim students. Death threats were being sent. The FBI was down there. I think Al Sharpton, the village, it was like a, um, a black caucus in the village. They had formed some um, type of movement to get like these black leaders to come down there and address what was going on. So she comes back to Philadelphia and um, broke down. I left. Like I was like, I can't take this no more. Like I'm done. At what point did you decide that you needed to make a change that that wasn't gonna work for you? I found out I was pregnant with my first child, and at that point I was just like, I'm done. And I came back to Philly, and um. You know, I just laid low because at that time I had, like, warrants out there. She had gotten to some legal trouble in the past. And during that year, um, the city, they had this initiative where they were bringing anyone in the city in with a bench warrant. Uh, the mayor at the time started some type of bench warrant process where they were going and finding people who had committed crimes years ago. So people from the 60s, 70s, they had warrants. Anybody had a warrant, they were sending warrant units out all throughout the city to bring them in. And that's how she ended up in the in the system. To Riverside Corrections. I was on the day that I turned nine months pregnant. Um, so I was there for about two days and then I went into labor um, and had my son at Einstein Hospital. Um, after being in labor for 43 hours, handcuffed to the bed. Yeah. She said that's probably one of the lowest moments of her life for something that vulnerable to happen police over you. It was a lot, it was a long, long time to be shackled to a bed giving birth. Not to mention giving birth, I can only imagine, is already hard enough with everyone watching over you and you can't even, you're going through this painful, dramatic process and shackled with shackles. Yeah, and it's the fact that you can't spend any time with your child after that. I mean, I have been through a lot, so I guess I knew, like, kind of, I guess, how to handle a lot of trauma, but I think that was, like, my lowest point. You're in prison. Right. You give birth. Okay, kid's going away now. So just that bond that you're kind of supposed to have after you give birth just wasn't there. I have this new life, you know, I'm responsible for, and, um, you know, I'm in police custody. I'm chained to a bed. I'm damn near dying. You know, like I said, that being in labor 43 hours, they did an emergency C-section. So, um, you know, I was just hoping and praying that my son's father stepped up, which he did. Um, he had my son for my whole total incarceration. When I came home, you know, I got my son custody, full custody, and the rest is history. So while this is all happening, she has this whole revelation. I was incarcerated for seven months. This is not where I want to be. I need to do better for my son. I need to do better for myself. So during that seven months, what were you doing? Like, <laughs> what were you doing with your time? What were um, you thinking? Like, I was just plotting my comeback, you know? Like, I knew I had my son out here, and I knew that I had to um, make some changes. Even though I had slowly made those changes, um, it just wasn't fast enough, so... I'm going to finish school. I'm going to, you know, do my music thing. Um, and I, you know, I, I was going to put my son first, you know, so that's what I was just, you know, that's, every day that's what I was thinking about. So she gets out, and since then, she's just been like this huge social activist, especially for women's incarceration, um, housing insecurities, homelessness in general. She's just everywhere doing stuff in Philly. Game changer. Yeah. What, what is Mary doing now? Mary is everywhere. Oh, my goodness. We still keep in touch. Um, 
she's starting to perform a little more. And you gotta have an outlet, like music, that's my, that's my therapy, that's my outlet. And through that, you can heal, you know, you can you can heal yourself, you can even help heal your community, people that can listen to your music and feel the message and let it resonate with them and inspire them. Uh, I, I know she just had a talk at Harvard about housing insecurity. I won a fellowship um, for $20,000, 10 of which is for a musical project and I'm doing it in support of the Dignity for Incarcerated Women Act. And she's been traveling around doing Sharing her story. Yeah. Along with Cory Booker, Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth Warren. Um, Kamala Harris and Dick Durbin, along with Van Jones's Cut 50 um, organization. It's all geared towards criminal justice reform. And that law basically will end women from being shackled while they're pregnant as well as in the solitary confinement of pregnant women. And the other slew of like initiatives that focus on women um, and giving them back their dignity and respect. To try to give more rights to women who are incarcerated. What are you hoping the response to this documentary will be? What, what do you hope to achieve? I hope that um, people take initiative to learn about some of the social issues that people around here are facing. I hope that inspires them to become an advocate for others as well. And for those who are facing the obstacles that Mary faced, I hope that they gain some empowerment from her story. I definitely think that Mary is a very, very special person. I think she's a chameleon to be able to go from facing homelessness to incarceration and then to be in institutions like Harvard To go from one extreme to another, I think it shows the type of intelligence that she has, the type of initiative and resilience that she has within her. Um, And I think that was one of the things that definitely stuck out. The documentary is called From Barriers to Building Blocks. Where can we watch it? Um, KYWnewsradio.com. It's also on Facebook. Yeah, KYW's Facebook, KYW's YouTube. And if you search the hashtag on Twitter, Barriers That Build will come up. So quite a few places. Got it. Holly and Antoinette, thank you so much for joining me on Scroll Down. Where can people follow what you're up to? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Words by Holly. And my name's spelled weird. It's H-O-L-L-I. Or you can follow my photography as well on my uh, Instagram. And that's Pix by Holly. P-I-X by H-O-L-L-I. Oh, yeah, my website, too. (laughs) HollyStevens.com. Yeah, check us out. Twitter at uh, Antoinette R. Lee. It's A-N-T-I-O-N-E-T-T-E. Or you can follow me on Instagram. Check out some of my photography. It's Antoinette Renee underscore. Or my website, skillsofonyx.weebly.com. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Thank you. Go check out the documentary. It's short, about five minutes. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Take a second and check out Antoinette's and Holly's other work, too. All their info is in the show notes as well. If you like this podcast and you want more episodes like this one, go find Scroll Down on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It shows us you're out there, that you're listening, but most importantly, it makes it easier for more people to find out about the podcast. Please follow us on Twitter too. We're at Scroll Down Pod. I'm at T-Rick, T-E-E-R-I-C-K. Scroll Down is a product of Philadelphia, Proudly made in the KYW News Radio studios. I'm Tom Rickert. Thanks for listening to Scroll Down. I'll talk to you again next time.